So I'm speaking with composer Mario Grigorov, uh, whose impressive body of work has proven his talents in many genres. Uh, Mario's behind the scores to director Lee Daniels' first three feature films, including Shadow Boxer, the Oscar-winning film Precious, and The Paperboy, starring Zac Efron, Nicole Kidman, and Matthew McConaughey. Uh, beyond that, Mario has uh, scored the, dr uh, the drama uh, Musical Chairs and upcoming features like Flowers in the Attic and Petals on the Wind. Mario, thanks so much for uh, speaking today. Pleasure. So thank you for having me. Oh, absolutely. Um, so to start, I would love to know uh, what sparked your interest in music, and at what point did you decide that film and TV scoring would be the path that you were going to take? Well, I um, started uh, music when I was uh, four and a half, five, and my both of my parents are musicians, so it was a little bit inevitable that I would go that route. Although they they wanted me to. Uh, to 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 do music, and you have to understand that was in the 60s, and they were uh, in uh, communist Bulgaria, where music was uh, regarded as uh, as a very um, uh, prestigious profession. And uh, of course, we ended up traveling as a result of my father's uh, talent and the ability to play. That he was a trumpet, and my mother was a concert pianist. So we ended up going. You know, we went to Iran to uh, Germany, to Austria, then Australia. So uh, music for, for, for my family has been a good, it's, it's been a good thing. And uh, so they decided to, to, to kind of, uh, um, you know, to get me into that direction, to be, to, to, to be also musicians. So I started very early and, uh, and because of it, I really cannot be very objective in terms of how music, uh, you know, it wasn't kind of a choice. So. Right. It's hard for me to kind of know what it would be like not to to be a musician. Absolutely. And at what point were you kind of moving towards film and TV composing? At one point in your life, they'd be like, okay, I can now funnel music into this narrative storytelling. Um, well, um, I in my early 20s in Australia, I dabbled in it, and I kind of didn't really like it. I found... Um, that it was really hard for me to understand um, um, how to surrender to, it was hard for me to surrender to the idea that the, the, the moving picture, the movie, the director, the producer, and the filmmakers in general wanted music to, to, to help their film and not for, for my music to help their film, but for the music, for me to write the music for them versus for them to take my music and just use it in the movie. Mm -hmm. And that's a very, very different, uh, uh, very different dynamic. It's the notion of you are really writing for the film. Right. Uh, and I know that kind of sounds simple, but it's really, really hard to 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 kind of understand un unless you do it a lot and unless you kind of experience to understand what that actually means. Um, so after after the after my twenties, I, I dabbled in a little bit in advertising, and then I, I moved to New York, and I ended up having a. Uh, uh, one advertising director called Leonardo Riccardi was doing a movie, and he kind of threw it at me and said, hey, you know, um, I have um, very little money. Um, can you, would you mind scoring the, the film? I, I have no idea how he found out that I, that I could write, but, but he did. And, and so it was kind of uh, uh, 
Oh, actually, I, I do know. I did his commercial, and he liked. I gave him some choices, and then he decided to, to do the to, and that was kind of the beginning, and was the new beginning. Although I already did close to twenty five films in Australia, oh, wow. I really did them as a as a kind of they were ABC, BBC documentaries. I did two features for a amateur kind of director. It was very kind of like uh, you know. Uh, it was in between doing uh, performing is, uh, and and doing some advertising. I was very very kind of um, messed up and disorganized in terms of what I really wanted to do. Uh, however, I did I, I did like the idea of performing uh, improvised music like Keith Jarrett. Uh-huh. So so basically, um, that's another reason I left Australia. I went to America. I, I got a record deal with Warner Brothers, and then I started touring right away. Literally. Within 21, within 20 days of arriving in the States, I got a deal on the fourth day with, uh, with, uh, with Warner Brothers, and, and then the contract came through, and then I started touring right away. And did the album, and I was thrown into it. And so I really had three full years of touring and doing 120 concerts a year. Wow. And then once I got involved with, uh, with, with my current wife, Natasha, I couldn't anymore tour. It was very hard touring when we're in a relationship. And so when I ended up doing this movie, um, it was called uh, with, with Leonardo DiCagni. It was kind of like a turning point. And I decided, wow, this is actually something I could do for a living. And that was the beginning. And then uh, it took uh, a good seven, eight years until I, I turned into a profession. Wow. That's, that's... You know, that, in that eight years, I was really just uh, doing it uh, on and off, and also did advertising. But uh, that, uh, but after after that, literally in the past six years, I'm a film composer full time. Wow, that's fascinating. Um, so as a, as a composer, you know, when you're beginning to come up with ideas for a score, uh, what part of a, what part of the film, I guess, inspires your writing the most? Would you say it's the characters, the plot, the genre, the setting? I mean, is there something that speaks to you louder than the rest of everything? Oh. I see. I see. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, it, it, it definitely um, get. I get very inspired by by seeing what the film looks like. Uh, the the, it's everything else is kind of a little bit um, uh, easier to 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 express uh, even even emotions. You know, if a director mm-hmm. says, well. Um, we want this to be melancholy. The, the, we, you know, here's the script, and what happens in this story is we want, you know, needs to be melancholy in this part, and then and then we need action. You know, if if something like that is said, I I can interpret that. But but what I can't really really what's really hard for for the directors or or, or any filmmaker to really express is how the film looks. So when I see the daily I see a picture of how it actually looks that that picture speaks a thousand words that very first sequence of of moving pictures gives me such a inspiration or uh, or or frightening frightening kind of anxious um, and anxious driven energy that that says to me okay now I have to interpret this into into music and mm-hmm. the, to me the visual is very very important because it really can 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 inspire you to kind of create uh, 
it inspires you to create music that may come from the production or from the from the instruments and the color of what you're going to use, not necessarily from the hardcore of where music comes from, which in the most typical setting would be rhythm, melody, and, and harmony. So those are kind of the skeletons. But, but you write with that, but, but seeing a picture, you could write, you know, you can pull up uh, some Balinese bells and start, just pressing one of those bells and all of a sudden the harmonics of that bell and the length would give inspiration then to, 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 to add some timpani with it or to add some kind of a synthy thing where there would be a minimal bass sound that you, that you make it long and, and then a, a, a double bass sound. You know, whatever it is, you can, it really gives you that feeling of, of how that would look. And it, it can be very just a position. Right. But that's, that to me is a really powerful I'm not one of those composers where I look at the film and then I go away and I write the music. Mm -hmm. So like the lighting and the, the way the cinematography is, the costume design, color palette, that all really kind of exactly speaks to you. How it, it, all of it speaks to me, exactly. And, and it's hard for, for the director to really express that unless, right. I, unless uh, I'm blind and he has uh, you know, <laughs> two weeks to tell me exactly what's... You know, it's impossible. It's impossible for them to, to really tell you how the film looks and how the actors are actually acting. There's so much that the eye picks up on right. the emotions. The, you know, is, is it really dark? You know, how, like, you know, Scorsese is so good in getting in, uh, in the, in, in, in making it kind of feel like you're in the movie, you yeah. know, and that's so powerful. You know, it's hard to, how can you interpret that from the script? Impossible. <laughs> right. That's and and this is, a, this is interesting about music because you can, you can really play with that. If, if, if you're a smart director, you would know how important the music is and then you can really position the, the composer to, to really make him, to maximize him in a way that you understand that, you know. But everybody's different. I mean, I, I don't know. That's you know, true. This is yeah. just my, my opinion, so... And, uh, you know, speaking of working with directors, you know, you worked with uh, Lee Daniels for his first three features. And, you know, I assume there was a connection because you kept the collaboration going. So do you find it kind of easier to work with a director over several films? Or do you find it more challenging to come up with new ideas to present to the same person, you know, two, three times? I, I think that uh, it's, challen I, I, it, it's challenging but there's an element of kind of like, because the movies are different, there's an element of, of uh, the director feeling more comfortable. Mm -hmm. So as far as he's concerned, music is so elusive and so difficult to uh, express uh, with words of, of how the music should go. And if a director finds that they have a really uh, good rapport with, uh, with, the, um, uh, with the composer and they like them and it's worked the first time, then they feel more confident. It's 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 eliminating their anxiety more than mine. I love to work with all directors. Mm -hmm. I don't think that one director is better than the other. They're all great, even the ones that, that are really difficult to express their emotions. Mm -hmm. Even those are, are are good because then I get that out of them. Uh, Lee is great at expressing what he wants. Right. Well, that's never... but never in musical terms, which is wonderful. Yeah, he, he kind of says, you know. And he's very specific. Music is not easy with Lee. Mm -hmm. 
I can, yeah. yeah, I can see just see from the way the films and he builds them and everything. But you also uh, did a great film called Musical Chairs, which is a romantic drama about two ballroom dancers and overcoming, you know, a tragic accident to to overcome to dance again. And since the film revolves around dancing, I'm assuming there's a lot of uh, diegetic music in the film. Um, how did you approach kind of scoring this movie, working around maybe music that's happening in the world versus the score that's kind of happening in the non-diegetic part of it? I, ironically, that film is very, very, um, it's very much about the relationships and it's very drama oriented. I think the, the element of dancing, it, it's a secondary uh, thought, but it's, it's, it's all about that, but it's kind of how life plays it. And it's the, just, a, it's a, I really love uh, Susan Seidelman. I think she's an amazing director and I really want to see her do more stuff. I think mm -hmm. she's pretty she, she kind of gave me so much interesting insight in how to write. And she was very specific, and I just I just loved every moment. I never felt for a second that I was kind of, um, you know, um, being pushed in the area that I had to change stuff, and therefore I got frustrated with it because it was not what my vision was. It's totally the opposite. I surrendered to her one hundred percent, and until the bitter end, we ended up. She she ended up molding me, but I she also made me fall in love with the film, not with with her vision, mm. but that was a very clever thing in the way she did that. Oh, that's, that's really great. I mean, the film, um, it's a very, I mean, very emotional story too. So, I mean, the music probably was the yeah. really backbone there. And, uh, yeah, it was, it's, it's, it was funny, but it was emotional. It's beautifully shot. It has a lot of interesting, complicated kind of thing. And it's got the mother and I mean, it's, it's just lovely. It, it's a really, really good film. I really enjoyed working on it. And I had to turn it around very fast. Oh, and wow. I didn't have a lot of time to think, to think it, but which is sometimes good. But in this case, you know, Susan really worked hard to, to kind of. She wasn't like let. I'll write a couple of cues and let me think. Let me see what I think. Mm -hmm. It wasn't like that. She really kind of, you know, had a real sense of music and how that would work with the film. And uh, you have two other films that. Uh, kind of really piqued my interest because there are two companion films that I kind of saw you scored for Lifetime, Flowers in the Attic and uh, Petals on the Wind, based on the classic novels uh, by V.C. Andrews. So I'm, 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 I was looking at them. Are these Were these two films kind of shot together to to be kind of these, because they had the same cast and it's they're, the books are in a series. So were these two films shot together or were they kind of two individual No, they were, they were shot differently. They were shot differently at different times, and I think the first one was kind of probably, uh, you know, um, um, I, I, I'm not sure whether how Lifetime decided to do them and why they didn't shoot them together, but I think, I think they, were, they, were shot, they were shot apart, and they were shot with different directors in different times. So, but you, yeah. you scored both of these films. Yes. So, what, you know... Did you know you were scoring two films, or did you just work on Flowers of the Attic and then? Did no, you... no. I first finished Flowers in the Attic, and then I didn't even know that the Petals in the Wind was, was going to even eventuate. So oh, okay. When so, that happened, then they came back to me. So, did you treat the second film? I mean, what was it like? You know, building a score and then kind of returning to that same universe, universe and building. Did you treat it as a sequel? Did you treat it as a continuation of the first? You know, score. Like, how did you kind of approach those two films? Yeah, I mean, I, I. Um, I did the, the, the second. I I had to, the challenge of the first one is to write uh, to write some some um, themes for the different you know uh, 
not only the scenes, but the kind of hint a little bit, you know, to have a, uh, um, a theme that was for the attic mm-hmm. and a theme for the uh, evil uh, old lady and the theme for the, a little bit for the mother and uh, the father, who the father was a little bit, but the mother was kind of sly and weird and, and to have, you know, uh, some kind of a really uh, sinister and very bittersweet, almost schmaltzy kind of music for her. Mm-hmm. Uh, schmaltz is not the right word, but you get my drift. It had to be very, very kind of uh, nice in, in a very bitter and horrible kind of shallow way. Mm-hmm. And so all this uh, uh, different uh, musical, um, I, I kind of, all these different uh, styles and the different themes that I wrote, I remember that I did not focus so much on actually writing the themes. I focused more on, on getting the right feeling of it. And somehow I had no time to overanalyze them. And I think I wrote pretty strong themes because I was under the gun. And the interesting thing is I really said to myself, you know what, this, I'm not going to be focusing so much on having to write something that's really strong and sticky. I really have no time. I really get, have to nail the feeling of the film. I've got to nail the tone. And as a result, the themes became a lot more beautiful than I probably... If I started overanalyzing them, I, I probably wouldn't have written something so... I would have written something a lot a lot stiffer and a lot more sti- stifling and, 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 and rigid and not so, so kind of... So, when the second movie came, it was easy then because I kind of already had that flow. The trick with the second movie is it had a lot of source cue that I had to replace because it was a ballet and all of that. And I ended up doing 68 cues in 10 days. Wow. <laughs> that must have been uh, mentally uh, tiring. <laughs> you also scored uh, a riveting documentary, Out in the Night. So when, when you write music for a documentary, does your mindset change while writing the music knowing that you're dealing with non-fiction you know what did you want the the goal of the music to be in a documentary dealing with real people and their real lives um it's i know no the answer is no it it's it's not it's 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 really still drama i still i still kind of having to tell the story with the music, it's it's not. It doesn't matter whether it's a documentary or feature mm-hmm. or uh, or a TV movie or whatever it is. It's all the same in terms of how you approach uh, understanding what the tone is, what the director wants, what mood they want, what kind of feeling they want, and and what how to interpret the uh, you know their vision. So it makes absolutely no difference. And documentaries can be very uh, can have a different element of layers mm-hmm. in which you can uh, in which you have to kind of go. Um, uh, even more because the story because they want to manipulate the audience with telling telling what's real but not necessarily uh, you know being biased sometimes so there's a different layers in which you know you can have uh, you can have something it's a little bittersweet but they make it a little sweeter than the bitterness mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying right so yeah that could be just uh, adding a little bit and so it can get very very challenging oh I can yeah, I've, most most when I talk to composer about documentaries because I mean it's a different that they're built differently. You have more kind of talking heads, you have more dialogue. And so there's trying to find music to fit and not kind of overpower. I think that would be a pretty big challenge, right? Yes. Yes. Uh, you, you find, um, music that, um, that fits and, and the, what the challenge with that is that 
you less is more, but but everything in terms of less has been already done. So how do you do less? It's different, and right. you know because you have more, you have more to to you know you, you can go crazy when when you have more, but when you have less, you're only restricted to so much little. And to make that difference, it's 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 not even a, a question of having to reinvent yourself mm-hmm. if, if if you do you know two or three documentaries. It's, it's, it's every film is so different. I, I really don't think that composers have to worry so much about having to reinvent themselves, on, unless you're given the same, the same, um, you, you know, music, uh, the same kind of genre over, or you know, over and over. I think I think the challenge is really to to how to to be to to stay original within the actual uh, compositions when you have so little to to work with. You know, most films are very. Um, uh, you know, very simple, not necessarily simplistic, but very simple in in a way in a way that uh, music uh, needs to be. It's approached by by the directors. Right. You know, it's it's this coming comes down to something that's very to the point and very much strong in just one element of one kind of thing that is that is that would be the center of it and not have. To be jaunty is that a, is that a good word jaunty? Yeah, jaunty. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, not to make it jaunty. Yeah. Oh wow! Yeah. So, to wrap up, uh, to wrap up our interview today, I'd love to. I love to ask composers this one question: If you could score any film ever made with no disrespect to the original composer or the score itself, what film would you choose? Ah, uh, uh, wow. Um, <laughs> What, what movie did I see that I kind of would have liked to score it, that I thought that maybe that I would have loved to score that film? I, I really think I would have loved to score um, the, the latest um, movie that was um, The Hotel, The Something Grand Hotel by um, uh, Wes uh, Anderson. The Grand, Bu- Buda- Grand Budapest Hotel? Oh, yeah. I would have loved to have done that movie. I would have loved to have done that movie. That's I a think, great I think it. it, it I would have really, yeah. It was. I mean, I love the yeah. film and Alexandre Desplat's score and was I'm not fantastic. Saying, I'm, yeah. Say it again. Oh, I love the score too. Alexandre Desplat did a fantastic job, but it's such a wonderful. Pa- I, I, palette. I love the score too, but 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 I I know I could have done just something different. It would have been different, and I and and I think it had it had room for 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 real musical to stick your nose out. I think it could have gone to on eleven push probably, but. But then again, I might have had to kind of think Alexander is very experienced, and he he wrote, wrote a really lovely lovely uh, you know score. But but having that budget and that live orchestra and that you know even though it wasn't a very big orchestra, but to have all these instruments and colors to interpret that film would have would have been just an absolute blast. And I think it's something I could have done a great great uh, job both in in writing strong music as well as in doing a very strong interpretation in terms of production orchestration and and uh you know uh just uh the overall execution of of how the score would have sound so yeah that's a great choice i love yeah perfect choice (laughs) (laughs) well mario thank you so much for your time i it was such a blast and so informative i learned so much talking to you today so thank you so much for your time and and sharing everything today no my pleasure really enjoyed to you too guy thank you so much